Stirring the Pot with Drip Kitchen. I did get some rollerblades in the mail. Ooh, saw that. Yep. I like right. got on and I felt like a baby deer trying to walk again. <laughs> I thought like easy peasy, like how I used to skate, wrong. And I brought diesel with me, which was a mistake. Did you eat shit? No, no, but I wore in that brake pretty damn good. <laughs> good. Good. Is it a front brake or a rear one? Uh, a rear one just on the right foot. Cool. I'm sorry, is it roller blades or roller skates? So I got the blades. I don't think I could skate. I don't know. I can only do blades. Yeah. Skates are hard, man. I look like an idiot on skates. I rented skates one time. I went out there and I was like, oh, fuck this. And I remember going back and being like, can I trade these in for skates? Dude, I did the same thing at Roller Kingdom. Yeah, they're not easy. I don't know how, like, more wheels makes it more hard. I always did the blades just because I was obsessed with rocket power and I wanted to be just like them. Yeah. <laughs> Roller blades. Loser, if you use that many wheels, but then it's like for some reason more wheels makes it so much more difficult. I used to be that kid that would try to win all the contests at Roller Kingdom. So you'd win your free cookie dough and pizza. Like, dude, I would fucking, I would, was like a bullet. I would go real fast. Didn't they have to stop doing that because people were getting like salmonella? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I don't think I ever got salmonella from it. It was the best cookie dough, though. Yeah, because it was chock full of salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to stop doing that, I think. Um, I think that was, like, getting people sick. I, and on top of that, too, you gotta keep in mind, you're, like, eating, like, raw cookie dough and then going out and doing tons of cardio. It's a good well, exercise, though. That's what I keep telling myself. I don't want to yeah. run, so... Roller blades, and I just have nowhere to do it. Yeah, I'm at a condo. What am I gonna do? Everyone's gonna see a grown ass woman. (laughs) I'm on a dirt road with a dirt driveway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to like go over rocks. You're the kid that can't even have a sprinkler because you just make mud. Oh, we should introduce uh, our guest, our podcast guest. Oh, yeah. So we've got Adam Golan. And it's, uh, yeah, he uh, builds motors. I don't know. I'm not intelligent enough to describe what he does. But yeah, he builds motors, I think. And he's from New Hampshire, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes, he is. I'm pretty stoned. I smoked a blunt. Yeah, I am too. I was kind of... Hey. hey. Can you hear me good? Fine. Yes. Hey, right. great. Cool. Did I hear if people are stoned? Yeah. <laughs> Came at a really good time. I, I, like, I smoke every day, but okay. I know to have a conversation, I can't be stoned. <laughs> oh. See, I think I'm the opposite. Yeah. But I did, I do have a little Jack and Coke going, so. <laughs> That's funny. I um I definitely feel like being stoned makes me more social for some weird reason. I don't know. Mm, I think it makes me more of like an introvert. Um, it, it depends on the the scene too. If I'm already out partying and drinking, then it, I don't know. It's just yeah. it's different for everybody. Yeah, naturally, I'm the type of person that doesn't mind being in front of everybody. So when I smoke, I think it like 
makes me think about it even more and be like, do I really want this much attention? <laughs> Paranoia. I, I think th- I get more I nervous so. more nervous doing the podcast than I would in person. Really? I would ra- honestly I would rather talk to you guys in person than through Skype. I'm more nervous being on Skype than being in person. Um because I don't want to sound like an idiot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but how was your weekend, guys, gals, or whatever? What do you want to be called, gals or guys? What's it? Does it matter? Uh, yeah, matter. We, we said before we're pretty just like neutral. We're always like, "What's up, homie?" Yeah, yeah up, right. <laughs> That's the easiest way. Just be like, "What's going on, fucking homies?" Like, I don't. It's so weird because I don't want to come off as like misogynistic or anything either. You know. No, well, I'm, I've, I'm just like from, you know how it is the Northeast guys. We're just kind of, I call everybody guy or dude or person to person. If I was to deal with a, because I I don't own Golan Engine, I am a Golan, but I just do all the engine building. The owner is actually Chad Golan, and he's my second cousin. Um, but like when we have customers in, or if I'm starting to answer the phones now, it's like I call it the white glove treatment. But if you're in person with me and you like talk to me a certain way, I'm like, all right, now it's on. You want to act like an asshole? We're gonna we're gonna treat you like an asshole. But like on the social media aspect, because I do all that too. I, if someone's like a little sassy with me, like lately I've been kind of sassy back, but usually I'm like, well, th- unfortunately, this is how it goes. <laughs> no, that's fair. I work at a dealership, and trust me, I I get it. But I am not in the power, unfortunately, to say how I feel. No, yeah, you just have to bring out the white gloves, and I'm sorry you feel that way. We're gonna do our best to make it better. <laughs> it's bad. It's so bad. I have to become this person that I'm like, you're not. And then that's why I'm like, that's why I'm so tired leaving. Because like the whole day, I have to be like, I am so sorry you were treated yeah. that way. But I'm like, oh fuck, man, you have no idea. It's almost like if if I had to compare it, like just thinking about it. It'd be like going into a store for an hour with a mask on and you come out and you take the mask off and it's like that first breath of fresh air. Like when you leave the dealership, it's like, oh, that's awesome. We're done. Right. <laughs> Especially if the sun's still out and it hits you, you're like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, like fucking wasting my life away inside. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I survived. Right? Yeah, I, it's hard. Like, so you, Kim, you do all the editing. Um, yes, yes. I cut out all the parts that would, um, tank us. (laughs) (laughs) Or the parts where I can barely say a sentence. (laughs) Um, yeah. yeah. I know, that's why I'm like, it's, I'm always amazed when someone can have a, like, we'll just say Rogan, because it's just the easiest one. For, because everybody knows it. Um, I personally listen to Tim Dillon, who, I don't know if you guys know him as a comedian. He's 36, he's um, recovering, alcoholic, drug addict, and he's gay. But he's, like, he's on the verge of being conservative, but he's also, like, liberal, too. And he just, like, destroys everybody. No one's safe. Like, if you have a chance, you have to look him up. His rants are, like, the best. Um, He's been on Rogan, like, six times. Like, but I like... It's amazing that those guys can just like off the top of their head just talk, 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 or have yeah. these questions, and like they don't prep. So that, I, the only thing I prepped was uh, Galen in uh, Connecticut. I'm like, dude, how do you say your your full name? Because I don't want to fucking sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, 
I know him as Galen, but I don't like. Does it, is it spelled Galen or is it Galen? You know, it's like. So he gave me the whole rundown. We were laughing. It was. It's, ju- like, it's just funny. I when I'm like posting up like ads for the um, podcast, I've spelt people's names wrong, which is mortifying, mind oh, you. Yeah. Like, yep. Holy shit! And then the worst part is I've had not one but two message me. Being like, ah, you spelled my name wrong. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm like, I'm an Pretty idiot. Sure it was two on the same um, image, too. Well, so Super Street. So Galen, uh, was it Nazarino? I think is how you say his last name. Yeah, Nazarino. So he, had, he his car was in Super Street. And it was awesome. He's like, And we don't sponsor him at all. So he's like, hey, I put a mention in. Like me and him have become friends because I like he's always promoting us, and he's like similar in age, and he, I always bounce shit off of him. Like, hey, what do you think if I do a video like this? If I start talking about engines and stuff, and he's like, go for it. So he's like, hey, you're we got the Super Street article, and your company's in it. I put the company name in it. I'm like, awesome. Well, whoever wrote the article didn't spell check it. And so my name's G-O-L-E-N, but in the magazine, it's golden, G-O-L-D-E-N. And that oh. happens all the fucking time. So you watch Family Guy? What, do you yeah. remember the, the episode where he's like, shallow and pedantic? Do you remember no. him saying that? He's, no. Well, it was, anyways, <laughs> we finally, like, my coworker, he's um, 58, and uh, he's, like, like, my mentor at work. And um, we were just joking around, shallow. We kept on saying it, like, oh, you're shallow and pedantic. And then we finally looked it up, and I'm like, holy shit, I really am pedantic. Because it's someone who's, like, the minor details, like, takes everything seriously. Like, oh, well, that too doesn't look right. <laughs> like, you know, like, you didn't write that, right? So, like, when someone says motor, it, like, irks me so bad. Because a motor is electric, and an engine is automotive, and it's an engine in a car. So everyone's like, oh, dude, yo, can I get my fucking Moda? Like, oh, God. I'm like, dude, yeah, we can get your engine. Sure, no problem. <laughs> I'm definitely guilty of that. I'm so glad you said that right off the rip so that we didn't say that for, like, 45 minutes and you're just, oh, like, hammering deep down. Dude, I probably still will say that. I'll still I'm being, say it. <laughs> listen, I'm being pedantic. <laughs> what the- about when someone, what about, like, when they say radiator, but it's radiator? Well, we're not English, so it is radiator. <laughs> no, but in <laughs> like, like what Philly and Jersey, it's a radiator. Yeah, I don't trust those people. Or, or, <laughs> or more like wheels versus rims, because there are people that will call anything rims. People, some people will like, yeah. you know, like my parents would go up to hubcaps and be like, "Oh, look at these rims." I know, right? <laughs> What's the difference between a wheel and a rim, though? <laughs> I, I don't want to be the one to set the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say something and then somebody comes up to me and then they want to argue it because okay. I probably don't have the right answer. I'm going to yeah, look I... it up right now on the dictionary. Awesome. A wheel is a circular object that revolves on an axle and is fixed below a vehicle or other object uh, okay. to enable it to move easily over the ground. So it revolves on an axle. Yep. Um, well, and, a, rim, uh, a rim would be... All right, sorry, go ahead. A rim is the upper or outer edge of an object, typically something circular. Uh, 
that's very pedantic. <laughs> I no, like I guess I guess that makes sense, that, right? Uh, yeah, I feel like we'd have to be looking at Urban Dictionary to get like what people's slang of wheel and rim is. That's like, that's yeah. I, I feel bad for everyone that comes to America because it's like you go to the South, it's different. You go to the Mason-Dixon line in like Virginia and they talk totally different. And then you come up here and we're like, hey, get the fuck out of the way, dude. We got to go to work. <laughs> and that's that's the exact reason where I like I would love to move down South where like the houses are cheaper and like everything's great except for like racism. But like. I would love to go down there, but then I remember that the people themselves, I'm sure they're great people, but being so northeast and fast-paced, I feel like it would drive me insane. Yes, and I've had this conversation, me and my fiance were like, because the only thing that ties us up here besides family is like, all right, my, my, it's not my business, but the business I work for, I've been there for 14 years, so it's like, um, I don't want to leave, <laughs> you know, everything's comfortable. I know my job. Um, but man, does North Carolina sound good sometimes, you know, Dude, even just the warm weather and not so much snow. <sighs> God, I actually don't mind the snow. Cause I get a little high and then I get on the snowblower. I got my tunes cranked and I'm wearing fricking goggles. Cause the snow's blowing back at me and my beard's covered in ice and snow and I'm, I'm a mess, but it's fun. Taylor, how have you not done this? Um, I mean, my beard hasn't grown in really nice, so it doesn't get yeah. too frozen, but yeah, uh, yeah I'm just not a fan. <laughs> it thins out when it gets warm, but it'll yeah. come back in time. Don't worry. <laughs> you just need some like Rogaine or something. We'll fill it in. <laughs> it's getting there. You know, it's coming in pretty you nice. Look like a mountain man by November. <laughs> <laughs> I thought someone was in like the Jersey area. Or am that's I wrong? Me. Yeah, you are. Yeah. That's me. I moved from uh, Belmont, New Hampshire to New Jersey, and we're trying to find a place in Pennsylvania. And oh, Sorry, I insulted Pennsylvania earlier. <laughs> no, no, don't be, don't be. It's honestly, it's better than New Jersey. No offense to New Jersey. It's just, it's New Jersey, man. <laughs> well, Jersey's like that place that you drive through and you roll your window down for a second. And you're like, all right, I'm turning the AC back on and put the windows back up. Yeah, you're like, it smells weird. Yeah. Yeah, but, but at the point, it's too late. Once the windows are down, it's, it's you over. Guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know that one way on your Eng way to English Town, specifically from our area, whether you take the Tappan Zee or you take the GW, but there is one, it's just all, um, industrial oh and i know what you're talking about yeah and if you yeah. have your windows down um you won't like, like you will end up being like this is disgusting <laughs> i don't think anywhere awesome. near there but it is um that it that, that, that's ingrained in me to know that um that part of new jersey is thinking well i wish you luck in pennsylvania okay so like uh didn't you guys do a uh, motor for one of the F1 guys? F1? Or, or FD. FD? I'm sorry. I've been watching a lot of F1 and FD, and it's been yeah. this horrible thing where I say one or the other. Wait, aren't we not supposed to say motor? It's fine. I was actually going to say. <laughs> so anyways, we have done a few engines. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll give you a little origin on that. So um, Ant from Injuku. I don't know if you guys know him or not. 
Um, he does. I think he's like a manager over there, and he's also was like the Injuku race team manager. I think he stepped down now, where Kevin Lawrence has taken it over. Um, but Alec Honadel, when he was a pro am, was getting ready to like start chasing the F one uh, F one. Now I'm saying F one. Um, <laughs> the the FD dream, and um, they're like, yeah, we want to we want to do a V eight. We want LS, and he reached out to us, and I believe that was in um, 2013. So not only have we done um, Alec Honadel's, in which we have an engine in there currently in his um, crazy Pro One car that he won clutch kickers with, um, we did all. We've done all of Nate Hamilton's in his pro career. Uh, Pat Gooden, um, the ISR uh, 350Z. That actually is an engine that we built. I believe for Nate Hamilton, that was, I don't know if they gave it back to him or whatever, but they, they put new rings and new bearings in it. So that's actually an old engine as well. And then we have a bunch of, we actually have uh, Austin Mata. Uh, he's a pro spec driver. Um, I believe his name is Steve Misco is a pro spec driver this year as well. Yeah. Um, we just, we just refreshed uh, LS seven for him. Um, and then we have a bunch of grassroots guys as well. Uh, Tyler Foley and his BMW. We have a 408 cubic inch LQ9 in that. Um, and then Galen, of course, has a uh, 369 cubic inch LS2 um, in that. And there's, who else? Max Kimlin has an engine from us, and he actually has one on order. Uh, unfortunately, Dart has really dropped the ball. Um, and we're waiting on blocks to come in. We've had those ordered for like six months. So we're, uh, we're waiting patiently. <laughs> and where did you guys say you were located? We're in Hudson, New Hampshire. Damn. Um, so this has been in our backyard the whole time, Alexis, and we had no freaking idea. <laughs> yeah. So it's Ro uh, Rob from ISC. Um, I think it's uh, Howenstein. I, I, I probably just butchered his name. Um, I met him a while ago when he worked for a company. Um, I won't say the company's name cause they totally shit the bed. Um, but he still comes in. We still do some engines here and there for guys that he works with. And he goes, New Hampshire's biggest secret. This is, this is drift parad engine paradise and no one knows it really. And it's like, we've had the exposure, um, with, with Honadel and Hamilton and all the Njuku cars. And unfortunately, um, the Njuku relationship is still awesome. They just decided to go with the RB engines and like the KAs and stuff because that's the parts they sell. So I'm, I've been poking and prodding at Ant and Kevin like, hey, it's, it's time to get rid of that RB. This, you know, they've let you down. Let's go LS. <laughs> but they, they love those, those uh, Japanese engines. So they're the purists. We haven't corrupted them yet. It's okay. I feel like LS1s and everything like were really like hot and F I almost said it FD. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying not to say F1. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's like weird. And then I feel like everybody just like jumped right back on the 2JZ train again. Yeah, I've I and I've seen that and I've also seen um like RBs seem to be coming back a little bit. Um yeah. I just, <laughs> I was on social media today and I saw the beef between um, uh, two pro drivers. Uh, one has a 2JZ Supra and the other has, um, I think, an S14 with an RB28. And, and they're like, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't want to butcher their names, but I it's, uh, like. Uh, 
Osbo and um Oh it's it's Burkhart, I think. It's he's it's an RAD car rad car with a 2J. Because I think Osbo is got whatever Patadakis is. I think it's a Supra, uh the new style BMW Supra engine. New yellow Supra. Yeah. And then um the, it, I think it's Ryan is it lateral or literal? Literal, yeah. Literal. Literal, literal. I don't know. And I just, uh, you can put this in the podcast. I'm sorry, guys, for butchering your names. I'm terrible. (laughs) Just know I follow you and I appreciate what you do. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, the 2J, which we've done one 2J for a customer that's actually going to be swapping it into a uh, old like 1954 F100. Um, They're great engines. it's just not our forte. Our forte is the American V8. Um, and that that's what we try to push on people. Um, well, not really push on. They come to us. But with the, the LS package, you literally don't need to do too much to them to make them like crazy horsepower and reliable. I mean, with a stock LS3, which is the engine that comes in like a Denali pickup or a Denali... Um, I think the Yukon, whatever the GMC is, that's a 6.2 liter. And with just camshaft and springs, those are close to 500 horsepower. And it's like, how can you beat that? Uh, I don't think you can, but I people do prove that you can. But for me, I'm, I'm a little high-born regal. LS is the only way to go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking to Reese about. Because um, I, I have a K right now, and I definitely want more power. And he yeah. was telling me to go the LS route. Yeah, I mean, the KA is cool. And I actually was in talks with Ant because um, at one point, I don't know if I was maybe had a few wobbly pops or I was just like, I called him up. I'm like, dude, what about these KAs? Like, I feel like there's not a huge representation um, for KAs in there. And there's a lot of purists that love them. And I was like, seriously contemplating like getting into it. The problem is, is for me, um, it would be like a side gig and I couldn't financially do like a warranty or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my knowledge on the KA is so small that it would take a lot of growing pains for me to feel comfortable, like actually offering a service for that. So I'd almost have to have a guinea pig <laughs> where I'd sponsor them or whatever, but um, who knows? The future is definitely open. Oh, yeah. So can you explain like exactly what you guys do at the shop? Yeah. So at Golan Engine, um, so say you call, like we, we keep no engines in stock. Um, so we're a customer-based uh, program where say you actually have your own engine. So there's LS1 is like everyone calls an LS, LS1. That's like the first generation LS. Um that would be like 1997 to 2005, which is literally, if you, you're going to get an LS, don't get that one. It's not that great. I'd get more like an LS2, LS3. But anyways, so they contact us and they either have an engine that they want to send in to us or we can get a core engine, like a junkyard engine, and refurbish the block. And then like, we'll talk to the customer and it's like, we have to figure out what their goals are. And then that's where, once we figured out, you know, like where they want their horsepower or how much horsepower they want, um, excuse me, then we have to um, 
put our cam combinations with our cylinder heads and, and then it becomes like a whole process of us figuring out. Um, with our shop, um, we have every machine available. We have a five axis CNC machine. Um, we have, we do line bore, we do cylinder hone, we do cylinder bore, we do head work, we rebuild rods. The only thing we don't do is crank grind, which a lot of people um, wouldn't do anyways. Uh, they just buy like a new product from a company like Calais or SCAT or any of the big names. Um, so then say we have all that machine work going and then we'll have a, we have another young guy that does the final wash. And my job is to actually do a final check on fitment, do measurements and actually put the entire engine together to the point where the last person in the line, which, um, he does dyno. He also does machine work and everything. He'll take the engine and physically run it on our engine dynos. So, and the cool thing about our company is we're worldwide, which a lot of people don't know. Like we ship, we have drift engines in um, Dubai. We have, we do a stroker Jeep engine. We have those all across the world. Like we've, we have race engines in Australia we have, um, we built a short block for a guy who has a C7 Corvette um, in New Zealand, I believe. Um, so we're, we're everywhere. Money's green. We'll take it. We'll ship the engine to you. <laughs> wow, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah wild. But, Damn, how much that, does it cost to ship a whole engine to Dubai? Saying, yeah, <laughs> um, if you air freight it, I, the last I heard was like 2500 bucks. But, That's really not that bad. I thought they would well, more, to be honest. Yeah. Realistically, if you th if you want to think about it, at least like one of the questions I've gotten in the past is like, why would someone from Europe contact a tiny company? Because there's only five of us, including the boss. And um, and it's like, why would you contact us to build you an engine? Well, this is American V8. Who knows American V8s better than someone from America? Like, this is something that my shop's been doing for 30 years. I have, myself, have 14 years of experience doing it. So it's, it's like, if you wanted um, a crazy German engine, most of the time you're going to probably try to contact someone overseas, like, you know, someone that really knows. And at least what I've seen, because I used to deliver rims for a company called RimPro, and I used to go to like Ferrari and Lamborghini and all the high-end dealerships in the area. And the best guy in that shop legit was from the place where the car was made. Like the guy who worked on the F40 Ferraris was from Italy, you know? So it's like, that's why I feel like we have such a good presence overseas. Um, is because we just know the American horsepower. You're over there putting Hampshire on the map for all of us. <laughs> Hey, I mean, it's kind of funny, like, the amount of pride that someone from New Hampshire has, even though we're, like, I don't know, the population's so damn small. Like, our population's less than, like, San Antonio, Texas, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's it's so tiny, but I think we're just a bunch of savages up here that love horsepower, and, and I think the one thing that sets, at least sets me apart from a lot of people is I take so much pride in my work that I have to like send out something that I would put in my own vehicle. Cause when I build something, if I don't do it to my standards, I feel like I'm being lazy. And if I build an engine, I want to say, Hey, I would run that in my own car and beat the shit out of it. 
So at least that's, that's how I feel. And I feel like everybody at my work, like we're so serious. It's not like the typical shop where um, someone's in the bathroom and another guy's lighting a fire, you know, underneath the door. We're like super serious. Like we, uh, we have beers together and stuff, but no one, no one does any drugs like at all. Um, no one drinks and then goes back to work. Like everything we do is just like by the book and I mean, we have fun, of course, but we're just like, we really take pride in our work. And that, I think that's one thing that's really set us apart from, say, like uh, some bigger companies that are just kind of like a 10 salesman and they're just trying to push shit out where we're like, hey, we don't want to call back. So let's really do a good job here, you know? Yeah. Do you, Go on. Sorry. <laughs> do you have a car built for yourself? I do not. No, I am a... Uh, I'm kind of a weird person. Like if I, well, I'm not weird. I shouldn't say that. Well, no, I'm weird, <laughs> but I have always been like a big motorcycle guy. Like I went to school to be a motorcycle mechanic. And when I came back, there was no jobs for me. It was, um, 2006. I came back in the beginning of fall and everybody was the same. They're like, Oh, sorry, kid. You know, like, we're not going to have space for you. We're, we're starting to like really limit how, how many people we have because the winter is coming or they're like, Oh, we don't trust people that went to that school. Like, and it was such a fucking bummer and it really like ruined my whole vibe. And thankfully, like just out of the blue, I was in Hudson and, um, so, Ch so Chad, uh, is the owner of the company. He's actually my second cousin. So it's my dad's cousin. And, um, I used to work for him when I was young, like 14 or 15 and my brother worked for him as well. But um, we kind of lost touch because I went to school and then he started the, doing his own thing with the business. But it was just by chance I went in there and I was like so depressed. I was fucking delivering rims. Like that was totally below my talent level and it was upsetting to me. So I was like, I really need to um, do something more. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, I will do whatever you want. It's like, because when you walk in the shop, like I should really do a shop tour for everyone one time because it, it's literally like you walk in and like this red and black floor and you're like, all right, this is kind of nice. It's all right. And then you go into the assembly room and it's fucking spotless and you go in the machine shop and it's pretty spotless. Whereas like most machine shops you walk into, it's like a dungeon with shit everywhere. And it's like, and our shop's totally different. Um, so yeah, I just, when I walked in there, I'm like, dude, I will do anything. Like I'll, do whatever you want. And thankfully for me at the time, um, the guy who was the engine builder, like went off the deep end and quit like two months before. So my boss was doing engine assembly and answering the phones. And I just so happened to walk in and be like, Hey dude, I, I, I need a job. Can you, can you help me out? And he's like, I got the job for you. You're going to help me in the assembly room. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So yeah, that's just, I mean, how it started for me and, uh, it's, it's, you guys have to, if you're in the area, you really have to stop by sometime. I'll give you the tour. It's pretty sweet. I definitely want to check it out. You yep. should like, even if it's on like a Saturday or something, I could, I'll meet you guys down there and like, we can check it out. Give you the whole rundown. Um, it's definitely cool to come during the week. Cause there's usually an engine running cause we do about, um, depending on what the engine we do about five a week. So we're, we're like. We do high volume, which is a lot of things that people don't know is like 
I think we do 250 engines a year, which I build every single one of them. Um, but it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's such an experience. You guys have to check it out for sure. Have you guys thought about like expanding or do you guys like keeping it kind of small? I honestly think we've talked about it. Like um, I've talked to him about it and he's at the point in his career where like ever since COVID hit, we've been so busy. Like, I don't know. I think uh, we've discussed that it's possibly due to people not going on vacations. So they have the money to burn. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, we're actually booked into August already. We're like, I think the second or third week of August, which is unheard, usually like six weeks. Mm -hmm. So now we're like two months, three months, like going crazy. And that's not just us. That's everybody across the country too, which is, it's kind of cool. And it kind of sucks because the vendors have been, been very difficult. Like we can get the work done when we have the parts. There's definitely nothing slowing us down it, it, except for vendors shipping the parts in. Yeah, that must have gotten all all screwed up. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, we were waiting. We ordered some, I think, ten blocks in October, and we're still waiting for them. So, and who knows when they're gonna come in? So that's a little little crappy. And we've heard Comp Cams is like, usually they have a certain amount of money on back order, and they're like quadruple what they normally are. So it's it the supply and demand has definitely gotten crazy now my my uh, boss is more like he's still selling stuff but he has to be careful what he sells and he has to be realistic with people and i feel like he's more of like has to apologize more than anything now for time delays which is so weird it's so weird to be like that i think people should understand though i think even your basic ups and fedex is super delayed so I, I think i think people do understand but with like UPS and FedEx, say, um, you know, you order something from Amazon and you spend a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like, oh, all right, I'm I'm out a hundred bucks. Well, these pe people are putting fifty percent deposits down on twenty thousand dollar engines. It's kind of like, hey, I need some I need some results here. So yeah, yeah no, that yeah, that's a little, a little different. It's a little difficult on our end, but thankfully we've had a lot of like really patient and understanding people. Um, which is something, and that's the, one of the reasons why I've kind of picked up on my social media presence as well, is because I'm, I'm transitioning into kind of a salesman a little bit. Like I, when he goes, when my boss goes on vacation and, and stuff, I actually answer the phone and I get to talk to people. Um, so it's like, if I'm going to be in that aspect, maybe I need to get my face out there more and my name, even though my name's Golan, they know Chad Golan as the owner. It's like, well, now there's Adam Golan, and if he's going to start selling engines, like, we need to see his face. We need to trust this person as well. And I'm just trying to create some type of dialogue and to actually show that I'm human too. <laughs> you know, like, I'm here. It's not just Chad doing all the work. You know, we're all, like, the team at my shop is gigantic, like, as far as support. And we always try to help each other. And, I mean, everybody's got their personalities, but it's just, it's crazy. Things have been so crazy. I'm I'm honestly kind of tired. <laughs> I need a vacation. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys are all gonna have to wait till like August to take any vacation time at this rate. Yeah, I think I heard um, in passing that at least uh, my boss was on the phone. He was telling someone that 
our July schedule, he's leaving some space so we all can have some time off. So most of us take our vacations in July. So at least uh, July seems like it's going to be pretty decent. But my fiance started a business and our grand opening was last week. So now I'm working seven days a week. <laughs> it's been it's been an adventure. Oh, <laughs> so cool. what business is it? Uh, it's called The Knotted Finds. She actually sells tropical and rare plants out of a um, 1970s trailer. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been posting it up on my, my social media because I'm so freaking proud of her. It's like she lost her job in January, and I'm like, what now? You know, like everyone's out of jobs. And she was selling some plants on Etsy, and she's like, I think I'm going for it. I'm like, if you can do it. I'm like, I can pay every bill except for your car payments so, and your student debt. So just figure it out. And she works like some days, like 16 hours, I swear. Like I'm in bed and she's still up to like three in the morning and stuff, just like hammering this out. And we thankfully, our grand opening was last weekend and, and we freaking killed it. I was so proud of her. I was so happy. It was just like when the money comes in, you start seeing the money. It's like, holy shit, the validation, you know? And, you, don't um, to, you don't have to send us the name because I think we have a lot of plant fanatics. I feel like awesome. a lot of the girls are into plants. <laughs> awesome. She ships too. <laughs> she has where all kinds the, of rare plants. Yeah, it's so cool. Where is it located? Um, well, the trailer is actually, we do, we do pop-ups. Um, so the last, our grand opening was at a place called Kerosene in Hudson. Um, so it's a home decor store. And then... Uh, Funny thing is, is she's going to Thursday and Fridays, I'm going to bring the trailer to my work and she's going to sell plants out of the trailer in the parking lot. So uh, this weekend she had a, a, an event going on, so she didn't sell anything, but we, we tried it out Thursday and I'm helping her break everything down. And all I do is hear the dino like, I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome. People come here to like chill out and relax and check out nice plants and then all of a sudden you hear a freaking v8 like going through the motion 7000 rpm like super loud like oh this is great <laughs> that is great that's good it's hand in hand plants and engines yeah well i'm a sensitive man and i like nice things no, just kidding. <laughs> no it's just it's like when you finally see someone realize their dream especially someone you love, it's like, my question to her is not like, how's it going? It's like, what do you need? Like, do you need me to help you? And sometimes, like, I come home, you know, I'm up, I, we have three cats, and they wake me up at five in the morning for food. So I'm up from like, five in the morning till 11 at night. And sometimes, because I'm, I'm a night owl too, I'm like, super weird. I like to wake up early, but I also like to stay up late. Um, but it's like I five hours, five to six hours a night. That's it. And once I get up, don't even I can't even go back to bed. Forget it. I'm just out. But yeah, it's it's been a wild ride and it's only getting crazier. So yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. It sounds like things are going good for you and your fiance. Yeah, yeah. We're uh yeah, and I and I just had my um first article in the Orlando Drift magazine. I wrote I that. I saw that. Yeah, I was super pumped. That was actually I honestly I have to give so much credit to uh Galen um and I have to give a lot of credit to Nate Hamilton. Um those two guys, especially like 
Do you guys know Nate Hamilton personally? I do not. Mm-mm. All right. So if I had to like give you an idea who Nate Hamilton is, just watch his videos. He's like the kindest person. Um, he's always trying to make sure everyone's elevated up to his level. Um, and he honestly, like every time I talk to him, he's like, what do you need? Like, I'll help you promote it. And he actually like, when I do my little tech videos I've been doing on my, my personal page, he puts them up on a story and like, it seems like stupid, but he's got over a hundred thousand followers. And I have a friend that like is willing to help me too. Like he yeah. wants to see me succeed as much as the company succeed, like the uh, Golan Engine, I should say, succeed, which is just like amazing. He's such an amazing person. That's like uh, Taylor's wisdom was like something along the lines of be as cool in person as you are online, basically. It, I mean, it's not even about trying to be that person, I feel. It's more if you can act like yourself. I mean, everybody's different. I mean, there's going to be people that are introvert and they want to be like as cool as Nate Hamilton or they want to be as cool as me or as cool as you or whatever. You just have to act yourself and then you have to promote yourself. And if you believe in yourself, then everybody sees that. If you're promoting yourself, but you don't believe in yourself, then everyone's going to see right through the bullshit. And All right, I'm going to have I'm going to have you do it more weekly wisdom because I really like how you put that. <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, it's true. Like, so you, I mean, you watch some YouTube, like, are you guys big YouTube people like following everything or? I used to be more so just cause like, I don't like paying for cable, but not, not as much as I used to. The, so the way I look, the way I look at YouTube and I, I hate to just like hang on Nate's balls, but, <laughs> but he, his videos are like, you know, he has great, uh, I think it's, is it Clinton Moore? It's Clinton, uh, I forget his last name now. Sorry, Clinton. Um, and if it's not Clinton, I'm sorry again. Uh, <laughs> I'm so bad. I should have wrote more notes down. Um, but he has like a great team of people that, um, you know, he, I'm sure he pays everybody really well, but because of how he is as a person, they want to be involved with him. And his videos are like, if, when you see him talk, he's like, hey, what's up? What's going on? And then you see other videos and people like give up on themselves really quick in their video series because they're like, hi. So I adjusted the front angle of the, the wheels and everything seemed better. Where like Nate's like, yeah, so we went up nine. Uh, we want nine clicks on the rebound. Everything felt really good, super grippy. And we're going to be hitting the track pretty soon. So check it out. You know, like. You have to be upbeat. Yeah, exactly. And he just dropped like six videos the other night. And I'm like, holy shit. I like legit like hearing. That's the one thing that I think um, maybe like you'll, if you build a car and you see video of it, like completely shredding, you're like so proud of that thing. When I hear like Nate Hamilton, I hear Tyler Foley and his BMW, like off the rev limiter, like multiple times you know, multiple events, I'm like, holy shit, that thing sounds so cool. It's so loud. There's a guy, um, Doug Lanciano, I think it's Savage Garage. Um, all we did was sell him a set of heads, but they're CNC ported heads, they're giant heads, and it, it totally transformed the sound of his car. Where he's like, dude, 
I, no one can hear themselves when they're driving with me. And I've been getting messages from people that compete with Nate. They're like, dude, I can't fucking hear anything. His car is so loud. And then you hear the thing like 7,500 RPM. They're like, holy shit, I built that. You know, it's so cool. That's so, you would love the loudness of the car. <laughs> yeah. I get to ask, um, we had a couple episodes ago, we kind of brought up sponsorships. Ooh. And you said that you had a thought on that. Um, and honestly, we love when people bring up stuff that we... Let me, uh, let me take a drif- drink of my Jack and Coke here. <laughs> okay, good idea. <clears throat> okay. So a lot of stuff in my life I base off motocross, okay? And somewhere in the last, I think maybe since YouTube has become popular, people don't officially understand what sponsorship means. Sponsorship to me means not free stuff. It could mean a discount. And people send messages to to my personal page, which I had um, a pretty well-known guy reach out who... I'll tell you right now, he did it right. He was very professional. He was straight to the point. Uh, He has a great fan base, great YouTube channel. And it just, unfortunately, at the time, my company's not going to be able to help him out because we have all our ducks into Nate Hamilton and Austin Mata. We help him a little bit as well. But the thing that drives me crazy, and I get, you know, you never know until you ask. But the way that people ask me, is just like infuriating. It's like, hey, I have this car and I'm th- I think I'm going to do this type of racing, so I want you to build me a 700 horsepower engine. So then White Glove Adam comes out where I'm trying to be like very professional because I am the voice on social media for Golan Engine and I have to to respond back to them and I'm super patient and lately I just haven't been responding. But I don't get where all these people have decided that sponsorship with no racing background, no car done, no, like, this is my set schedule, no points standings, no previous standings, um, no other sponsors that they have. And then I think the, the, um, it's a ROI, I think return of investment. There's no return of investment plan. Like you telling me that you have a YouTube channel and you have 30,000 followers, that's, that's cool. Or 30,000 subscribers. We've had those guys before. We've been burned by those guys before, you know, not, not doing what they said they were going to do. So it's just like kind of infuriating where everyone just wants a handout, but they're not willing to do it. And if back on Nate Hamilton, so he was a pro one driver for a while, if you guys remember and um, I actually met him in uh, 2017 in Canada, and I couldn't believe like the amount that he wanted to do for my company. And then even after he stopped driving, when he opened up his own shop, the 144 Print House, um, he was still taking pictures of the engine and thanking us. We didn't give him shit. We never gave Injuku like a giant discount. I mean, there was a little bit of money off, but they still paid for everything. And then they still represented us. They still ran a sticker. They still talked about us. And like uh, Galen, um, he like w- I, I forget if there was any help at all, but he bought a short block from us, and he hasn't received any extra parts or 
I mean, if he asks me a question, you damn right. I'm going to answer it. Cause that kid, he posts about us. He talks about us. Like, I just don't get where these kids think that they can just get shit for free and not offer anything in return. It just doesn't make sense. Like, shouldn't it be that you buy the product and then you ask for help later on? Like if you need something. Yeah. Um, am I, I wrong? I would like to think that if you've previously supported their business in the past, you'd be more eligible than somebody that hasn't. Or, yeah. like, you, and that's what I'm saying is in some way or not, like, you work for a sponsorship. And whether that be, like, your marketing skills or, you know. Yeah. I mean, even, so, Al, oops, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, like, at the end of the day, you're paying for it in some way. Yeah. And I, and I should really bring up like Alec Honadel and his father, Gail, nicest people in the world. They, they legit probably had chances to go elsewhere for engines. And, um, Gail and Alec both said, no, you guys, you guys build our engine. And they, I think they bought, um, two full or three full engines from us before we actually like were able in a position to help. And, one thing that I'd love for people to realize too, when you ask a company, like if you ask Texas Speed or you ask Lingenfelter or Mass Motorsports, those are giant companies with like, like Texas Speed has 10 salespeople. My shop, the owner does the sales, does the tech, does the scheduling, orders all the parts. I do engine building, I do social media, I do lunch, I do lunchtime entertainment. I pull up all kinds of YouTube videos, we have a blast. Uh, just like wasting a lunch away watching people like crash and shit. But, and then I, I order Napa, like my job's pretty, there's more, everyone does a job. My, uh, my mentor, powerful Paul Rinaldi, I had to say his name like that. Um, he's got almost 40 years of race car experience and he's given it to me for free. Like that's how these guys, my company is. It's like, if you're willing to put the effort in, you're going to get the, the knowledge. And then, so there's, um, sorry, the, uh, the, there's George, um, I, who's known me since I'm a little kid, since I was like a baby, pretty much. He does dyno. He also does machine shop. He does, he builds crates. He does all kinds of maintenance on the building when he's needed. He, he's like jack of all trades. Every, he can do everything. He can do engine assembly. And then um, we have a newer guy, John. He's he helps put engines on the dyno. He strips engines. He washes stuff for me. He helps put heads together. Like there's five of us, and we're shredding through jobs as fast as we can and as accurately as we can. And when you, when a company, or I mean, sorry, when a person comes out and just blatantly like, yeah, will you give me an engine? I'm like, dude. We got families, dude. We gotta, we gotta feed our families. Like, this is no joke. This is life. We're not just out here to give shit away. Like, I've gone out and started giving knowledge away. Which sometimes I'm like, should I just be telling people all my little secrets that I know? And I'm like, ah, screw it. You know, I, my, my friend at work, Paul, he didn't have to do anything, but he gave me all his knowledge, and he still talks to me all the time. He's super supportive. And it's just like, we're such a small company that when people just come at us with the sponsorship stuff, I'm a little like, don't take money away from us type of deal. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little defensive. 
No, that's fair, though. It's good to be protective of stuff like that. And that's something that I think people need to hear more because I don't think they realize sometimes what they're asking. I think it's always perceived as like, if you have the followers, then you're the real deal. You know what I mean? Like, they forget that you have to actually, like, be a team and work together. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, um, I think when people come at you and they're like, oh, I have this many subscribers. Okay. I have this many followers. Okay. What else? You, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. That, that, so say you have a hundred thousand followers, right? How many, how many of those hundred thousand are women or men between the ages of 18 and 50 that have disposable income that can afford to spend at minimum $10,000? on a, on a project on fun. All right. Mm-hmm. So say you have a hundred thousand followers. How many of those kids are under 18 that don't even have the cars that you do, that you are trying to sell engines for. And I mean, there's, I, I hope that didn't come off as kind of mean, but it's like, that's, that's all good. Social media is awesome and it is a way for us to promote, but what really helps us is, going to people that go to the track and, and see our engines run and see those guys shred. Like I was talking to Galen. He's like, there's, there's a bunch of people that love the engine that you build for me that, cause he went to drift week uh, recently last couple of weeks. So I think the, the customer that at least that should be asking us those questions for sponsorship are the guys that are actually in the events or are in club loose or, you know, I do all the events that you guys do. Like those are the, the people that should be uh, purchasing and then maybe asking for some type of help, like whether it be help on labor or, but it, one thing people just need to realize is sponsorship does not mean free. And I, I cannot say that enough. And I don't know. I, I just hope that at some point people aren't like, Hey, I got 50,000 followers. And that means that I should get $10,000 off this engine. It's not, it's not the case. It's, it's asking a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know if people even like realize the weight of what they're asking you to do. Eh, I, and it, it's probably just goes back to the old saying with our parents. If you don't ask, you never know. Yeah, exactly. And that's, so, that's usually yeah. what the argument's going to be. Yeah. I, I don't know if I just talked myself in a circle and now I sound like a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do that every episode. Oh, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe this jack's hitting finally. <laughs> I am getting a little sweaty. <laughs> like engine building or, or car stuff. And I really don't understand why. Like, it's you should just do it. If you want to be, if you're a woman and you want to be an engine builder, just do it. Just start working on your own shit. Like, Alexis, yeah. Alexis has a pretty bad bitch job. Yeah, are you a mechanic or a welder or? Um, I uh, repair hydraulic cylinders. So. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do scraping wanna... one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do a lot of that too. Um, but um, I'm learning a little bit about like manual machining, and um, we got bridge yeah. boards and lathes and uh, stuff like that. But I'm really interested in um, like the CNC stuff. I like the yeah. engine stuff. What yeah. you guys do is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you for sure. If you guys are around, just gotta let me know, and you guys can come up and check it out. It's like, I mean, it's not. It's kind of like, oh, here's here's the engine, cool. But it's 
to to actually think about what's being done and to see like someone that actually knows what they're doing. We're not guessing. I like I know torque settings off the back of my you know like I know everything on the torque settings and everything. It's like my boss will come in and check stuff. Always like, what's the torque on this? I'm like 75. He's like, all right, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, but it's it's definitely cool um, to visit and and to see us to see us work because it's like really fast paced, which I don't think uh, many people know about us. At least is we just we don't bullshit. We just get the job done. So that's what it's all about. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Adam, for coming on. If you got, if you want to, like, give a shout out to the shop, like a plug for the Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, our Instagram and our Facebook is at at Golan Engine. Um, I definitely want to shout out like Galen and Nate Hamilton and Alec Honadell and Pat Good and all those guys, everybody, Tyler Foley. Um, I really want to thank, um, like I said, my mentor, uh, Powerful Paul, and. Um, you know, this has been cool. I've I've definitely enjoyed this, and if you guys want to have me back, I'd love to come back. I feel like I'd be a little more composed, maybe. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I love it. And this is Adam Golan with Golan Engine, and you're listening to Stirring the Pot <laughs> with Drift Kitchen. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. <laughs> hey guys. I want to take a minute to introduce you to our podcast sponsor, Swivel Mount. Swivel Mount is a camera mount that swivels. It's made specifically for drifting. Why waste time bothering track workers to set up your GoPro mount? You can have one you don't have to worry about. You can place it on or off any car in seconds, making it easy to get great footage. Swivel Mount uses magnets to stay on your vehicle. Your GoPro won't fall off into the guy or girl tandeming behind you. I know for me personally, I like seeing how I progress over the events. Getting a chance to see the swivel mount footage is a way to study all of my runs. Swivel mount helps capture sick footage, and you can get a custom colored flag to match your whole aesthetic. Go to www.theswivelmount.com and use code DK10 to get 10% off anything on their website. I used to be the kid that'd be like, do you know? Do you know? I just have these stupid facts. And then, like, her doing this business, I have to know shit. Because, like, if I do the cash register, like, do the checkout, people are like, is this an easy one? I'm like, what do you have? Well, it's a pothos, this, oh, no, that one's not that easy. And you have to put it in a little bit of sunlight, not too much. Indirect sunlight, please. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. That's kind of, like, funny. You're too, like, opposing hobbies now i'll be like yeah i got a plant guy i got an engine guy they're the same guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah right thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble definitely check out the next episode appreciate all your support don't forget to follow drift kitchen on instagram and to check out their big cartel site and pick up some merch thanks again guys